All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, I'm going to be, well, I've always tried to be honest with you, but I'm going to be real honest with you today. In the years that I have preached through Matthew, uh, it has been my tradition to preach from Advent, which starts today, through Easter Sunday, a gospel. Because the gospels are about Jesus, all about Jesus. And uh, I don't preach old sermons. Uh, when I dig them up on my computer, I, I look at them and I go, what, 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 what was that about? So I have the joy to preach through Matthew this year with you. And I'm looking forward to what we're going to discover together. But this particular passage I've never preached on before. I tried when I was a college student, no, a seminary student, uh, to preach it at a church in, back in Louisiana. And I didn't have a clue, but I thought I did. Worst sermon I ever preached in my life, Bill. I said, I'm never going to try that again. But I told Melissa this week, I said, I'm going for it. I believe I've learned a few things through the years, and there's some new commentaries out. It got me all excited about it again. So let's pray and hope for the best, okay? All right. Father, thank you for this gospel, Matthew's gospel, where Jesus is portrayed as the king. Thank you for your word that is inspired by your Holy Spirit. And when your word speaks, God speaks. So, Father, I pray that you will speak today loud and clear with conviction that there might be decisions in the pews and decisions that come down the aisle. For your glory, we give this message to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said, y'all know where that comes from? And all the people said, amen. Anybody know where that comes from? comes right out of the Bible. Psalm 106, last verse. All right, here we go. We're going to read two verses. Actually, I'm going to read three, but there's going to be two on the board to read with, uh, to, to, to listen as, as I read. Now, the two verses that we're going to read are like bookends to the genealogy part. This is usually the most skipped over part of the Bible preaching because so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so and at least that's the King James Version, begat, 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 begat. And so the scriptures I'm going to read are the bookends of this genealogy, okay? And we'll talk about why in just a minute. So verse 1 starts these, this bookend, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Next verse. Now I'm going to read, I'm going to add in one. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. So all generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. Now that's what the, the begets is all about. 14 generations. You're going to, we're going to learn there are three sets of these 14s in the begats, according to Matthew. Okay? They were not biologically family tree kind of thing. Anybody do ancestry dot, ans, I'm sorry, woo, ancestry.com? Pray for me, Bill. Anybody do ancestry.com? Anybody? Yeah, okay. That's not, this is not ancestry.com. 
there is incest in this ancestry. There is. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. So we've got the God's promise to Abraham all the way to King David. And the point that Matthew's trying to make is Jesus is king like King David. Because this Bible is going to Jews. This Bible uh, gospel is going to people who are Jewish Christians who are trying to understand where they came from and where they're going and who they are. And anytime you read the Bible, you will find out who you are and where you, God wants you to go. And you came from sin, but now that you're saved, God has a place for you to go. So the first set of 14, he says here, is from Abraham to David. All right. The next set of 14 are from David to the Babylon. All right. And from Babylon, go back. What happened to my text? There it is. From Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. Now what you just heard was Matthew's summary using the lineage of uh, Hebrew families to the promise that God made to Abraham, the covenant he made with Abraham, the covenant he made with David, and now Israel has been exiled to Babylon, which is today Iraq and Iran, and they are a long way from home, and finally they get to go back to the Holy Land under Ezra, and who, the, who was the other prophet that led them back? used to be just one book, but now it's two books in your Bible. Ezra and... Come on, come on, Nehemiah, okay? And Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of the temple back in Jerusalem, and eventually the Christ child came. Now, the Hebrews had a way, there's a word for it. I can't pronounce it because I failed the Hebrew class. The Hebrews had a word, a way of assigning numerical values to the consonants in the Hebrew alphabet. And when you add up the name King David, you have the number 14. Wow. So here we got 14, 14, and 14. It's all about God's promise to King David that was fulfilled in whom? Jesus. Somebody said, when they ask questions in Sunday school, the answer is always God or Jesus, okay? So go with me here. <laughs> go, go, go with me here. And you really have, Matthew has given us through genealogy a summary of Israelite history. All right, so what are we learning today about King, not King David, but King Jesus? Okay, King Jesus. And that's really what God, Matthew's gospel is all about. It's about King Jesus. Well, number one, we learn that King Jesus is our sa sovereign Savior. King Jesus is our sovereign Savior. Believe it or not, Anastasia, some of these folks take notes. They really do, and I, I'm glad you do that. You have your Bible in one hand or on the pew, and you got your notes on the other. 
So hang in there with me, and I'm trying to be conscious of you guys. King Jesus is our sovereign Savior. That's the first thing we learn. In fact, verse 1 of Matthew is really everything you need to know about Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. This book is a record or a book or an account of the genealogy of Jesus. Yesu, Jesus, means salvation. Because when God told um, Mary and Joseph to name the baby, you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So the name Jesus means Savior. Yeshua and Savior. All right. Then we learn that he is the Christ, the Messiah. Some people think that Jesus Christ, Christ is his last name, Jesus is his first name. But Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Then we learn that he's also son of David because it is through David that God was going to bring salvation into the world and the covenant that he made with David. Now we go back a little further. He is also the son of Abraham. All right, so what we've learned here is that Jesus, even by his name, is sovereign king. Sovereign Lord, Sovereign God, come down to us. Now watch this. Don't miss it. Everybody look up. Here we've got the descending of Jesus through the generations of Abraham, David, down to the Babylonian exile. And now through Mary and Joseph, it said, and they went back to uh, Bethlehem. And uh, then Jesus is back to the Father. You see that swing down and coming back up? I call that the gospel swing or pendulum. Now watch this. There are two genealogies in the four gospels. One is in Matthew. One is in Luke. All right, Matthew comes down to show us Jesus coming down to us in the worst times of human history. We think it's bad now. We got it made. Luke takes us from the genealogy of Jesus down with us back up to where he came from in God's holy heaven. So with these two genealogies, one in Matthew and one in Luke, we have that swing. You see that? It's all about Jesus and it's all about the gospel. And he, he comes back up into heaven, God's holy heaven. Folks, you see this all throughout the Bible. Paul said, have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who although, al who although he existed in the form of God, see, way up here, God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of man, made in the likeness of man, and being obedient to the Father, he died upon the cross. Therefore God has exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The gospel swing. There you see it. Um, how many of you watched Brother Tom's podcast from Wednesday? Anybody want to admit that they did? Okay. Go back and watch it. There's that swing there. Praise the Lord, he said. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm trying to. It's getting kind of hard. It's getting kind of rough. Getting real rough now. It's bad. It's never been as bad as it's ever been before. But he calls out to the Lord and he says, Lord, save us. 
and it just goes back up again. So he starts out the psalm by saying, praise the Lord, and he ends up the psalm by saying, praise the Lord. Today you may be so down and so dark and so depressed, and you may be at the bottom of that bell curve, that upside-down bell curve, but you need to know one day everybody, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you better be there. Because if you ain't there, you're going to be where they don't. Praise the Lord. King Jesus is our sovereign Savior. I believe the world we live in right now is run and ruined by drug lords. Speaking of earthly lords. You see it in your families. You know somebody that's been devastated by it. You see it in our schools. You see it in our community. You see people driving around in vehicles, you know they didn't um, um, earn that kind of living working at the grocery store or working at a factory. These are drug lords. These drug lords could care less about the people that they abuse and slaughter. Isaiah said the earth is utterly broken. The earth is torn asunder. The earth is violently shaking. I believe with all my heart, having studied in um, Air War College, it's called, before I can make 06, I'm convinced with all my heart that uh, the drug wars is what's driving Afghanistan and the Middle East, period. It's just a matter of who's in charge. And the thugs that are in charge could care less about their people. I know for sure, having been at NORTHCOM and having known the countries in Mexico and Central America, and talk to those troops that served out there in California, I know for sure those drug lords are controlling the co cocaine and the meth and all that comes out of Central America, and the people are trying to just make a living. All they want is food. All they want is place for their family, and even teach their boys and girls to, uh, to read and to write. That's all they want. But these drug lords are killing them with this drug trafficking and human trafficking and bringing that into America, and the drug lords into America are creating the wars that we have in Jefferson County, the wars that we have in Meade County, the wars that we have in any state in this nation. I believe, as uh, George uh, Bush said on TV just last night, that uh, the drug war is the, when he was president, the first George Bush, when he was president, that this is the worst, absolute worst uh, enemy that America has. It is the most worser enemy now than it ever was for this whole world. I believe that, and that's how dark is the world that Jesus has come into. And that's the good news. And that's why God gave his best gift. Jesu Christos. That's how you say it in Greek there, brother. Jesu Christos. God gave his best gift to save our world. Not to save the world we live in now, but the people in this world. And I believe he does it one person at a time by transforming our hearts through the gospel and then others are transformed and we learn to live in peace. That's why Linda and I, when we think about who we're going to buy what for Christmas and that sort of thing, every year we give our best gift to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. 
And as you think about what you're going to give, think about what God gave you when he gave us the sovereign Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave his one and only begotten Son. He gave his best gift he could possibly give. What will you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering? Okay? We're glad to do it. Because somehow it always comes back multiplied to us. I don't know why. It really does. I've come to learn, folks. Now listen to me, young people, especially. Listen to me, adults who are considering uh, temptation that you're... When you leave this building today, you can have, as you leave here, anything you want. You can't have everything you want. But whatever you decide you want, there's a price to be paid. You can have anything you want. can't have everything. But whatever you decide you want as you leave these doors today, there's a price to be paid. If you come forward today to give your life to Jesus, there's the price of pride. There's the price of selfishness. He's calling you to die and let Him be Lord of your life. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The devil comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life abundantly. Second point in my message today is that King Jesus is our elder brother in this family, in God's family. He is our elder brother. Now, in most families in the Bible, maybe not so in your family, we try to do what the elder brother directs us to do. Because when mom and dad are gone, he is the one that's in charge of the family. And, by the way, he gets all the money when they read the will, the elder brother. It's time that we follow the elder brother, right? It's time we hang close to the elder brother. And the Bible says what God the Father gave to Jesus, he's going to give to us also. Jesus is the elder brother in the family of God. It's time we carefully follow him. If you follow him, you will always have a family. There are so many broken families today. There are so many multiple family households. I'm glad you're following Jesus because that's one family that will never be broken. That's one family that will never divorce you. Please don't divorce them. Many people are divorcing the church, writing it off, not going back. That's called cut off. That's called cut off. But Jesus will never divorce you. He's made a covenant with you as your elder brother. And once you come into the family, he's going to keep you in the family forever. That's his job. And that's called grace. And that's called mercy. In the family of God, you'll find a nurturing family. In the family of God, you'll find a family that's in progress, not perfect. <clears throat> huh? Do you hear me? In progress, not perfect. You'll find a family that is eternal, destined to live in God's holy heaven. You didn't get to choose the family you had to be with Thursday, right? You didn't get to choose that family. You were born into that family. 
But the family of God is the one that you get to choose. And Jesus is the elder brother. Our families today are very stressed out. I'm getting more stressed all the time trying to keep up. Um, I googled something this week for this message. I forget what the word was. But Google within 0.75 seconds, that's three-fourths of a second, gave me 1.7 million results. We are living today at the light of speed. Ah, speed of light. Okay. We are living today at the speed of light. Um, 1.7 million uh, results in um, 0.75 seconds comes to us over fiber fiber optics at the speed of light. Now there's discussion, I read about it yesterday, about metaviral, which is going to be even faster and further out in space. Hey, I can't wait. But you younger students, that's the world that you will live in. God doesn't want you to be stressed out as we go along in this internet world that we find ourselves in. He wants you to have peace in your heart and peace in your home. Now listen to me carefully. As your pastor and as we plan worship, I strive to gather you here for worship that is focused on Jesus. We want to have both celebration and reflection. We want you to have a spirit of a sweet fellowship when you come here to meet with God's family. A fellowship of compassion. A fellowship of kindness toward one another, listening to one another. We want you to hear some so glad to see you moments. We want you to hear some way to go encouraging moments. We want you to hear some compassionate I'm praying for you moments. We also want to hear more compassion that says how can I help you moments as you gather here quietly in the house of God. I'm very serious about this. It's chaotic. Don't want that chaos in here. It is boom, boom, bang, bang, boom, boom, bang, bang in the world. And, and I know when I used to go to youth camp, it was uh, jumping in the house of God, and that was called worship. And I went to youth camp this summer, and it's all been turned around. It is very reverent. It is very quiet. It is very serious. And the students sound just like you sound right now for an hour and a half. No kidding. I want you to have that experience when you come here. A third point is, King Jesus keeps his covenant promises. God made a covenant through Abraham and through David, and now Jesus has come. God keeps his word and he keeps his covenant. And in his covenant, Jesus will never abandon you. When you know Jesus and you follow him, you learn who you are, you learn who your family is, and you learn who your, what your future is. 
And Jesus told his disciples, and he's telling you and me the same thing. I will never abandon you or leave you as an orphan if you will follow. And Jesus also wants to keep covenant with you and your family. I have a daughter-in-law out in Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii. She and uh, her husband, my son, and our two grandchildren that Mimi's getting ready to go see next week. And she said, I'm just enjoying worship with this song. I found it. How many of you like that bluegrass mountain kind of, kind of beat? Anybody like that? Goes like this. That song goes like this. All right. Okay. And that's how slow it is. See, that's the new modern worship. It's not bang, bang in the house of God. It's soft and steady worship. And this has a cadence to it. Now, you'd think there's a guy playing the um, violin, fiddle in the background, and it's, it's got an antiphonal response to it. It's on YouTube. It is called Pass the Promise. It is by Keith and Kristen Getty, J-E-T-T-Y. Pass the promise to our sons and daughters, God most high. <laughs> God, our Father, we bear witness. Pass the promise to our sons and daughters, God most high. God, our Father, we bear witness, and it just goes on and on like that. Now, why I share that song with you is, number one, give you an opportunity to go find it on YouTube. It's Past the Promise by Keith and Kristen Getty, G-E-T-T-Y. It'll come up in one-tenth of one second on Google, I assure you. And listen to it. And worship. And remember that the family you are in, the family of God, and the family you are at home with this Christmas, and you are so busy when you leave here, bustling everywhere, God keeps his promise to you, parents, as you raise and nurture your children in the word of God. Mom and Dad, that's your job. That is not the job of the Sunday school, that is not the job of youth ministry alone. Mom and Dad, that's your job. Because all these people in the deportation, every family has a story, and God's family has a story. And it's your job to read the Bible in your home. It is your job to pray the Lord's Prayer with your family. I had a gospel conversation this week with a little nephew of ours, 10 years old, and um, his dad is going to pray the, Lord, the, the, the sinner's prayer with him sometime this week when they get home. I wanted to do it with him. I can do it off the top of my head. Did the stick man drawing with him. He's ready to go. I wanted to do it so bad. Had I done it, I would have robbed his father of an opportunity that he will never forget the rest of his life. Had I done it, that boy would associate me with having prayed with him the gospel prayer. No, that's, a, that's something that needs to happen in your home with your children. And I'm telling you, you'll never be as happy or excited until you 
reach your children and share the sinner's prayer with them at home. At home. Then call us and tell us about it and we'll help you a little more. Let's bow our heads together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to sing a song here in a minute. We're going to have what we call the invitation. There are two or three people I want to ask to come. One, you who want to ask Jesus into your heart and give your life to Christ. You who want to unite with our church from a sister church. You who want to maybe rededicate your life. And those of you who want to rededicate your life, you're welcome to just come up here and just pray. There may be others that just want to, during this time of invitation, uh, this is going to take a little while anyway, you may just want to come up here around the pulpit area on these steps and just pray for your family, pray for everybody in your family, or whatever. Let's all stand together as the Lord leads us now in this time of invitation. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.